Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. This is the house of God, and we talked last week about how uh, even though we set up and we tear down in a school, but like, man, on Sundays when we're setting up or we're, we're preparing for this place, we're preparing this place spiritually. We're praying over this room, and we know that the presence of God is here and in this place. And man, what an amazing time of worship this morning as we're able to uh, uh, just be in God's presence. And that doesn't happen by accident. It's our team preparing and praying, you coming ready to receive. And I love uh, when it comes to the house of God, that he put all of us in. The house of God isn't just the place, it's the people. And I'm reminded more and more as I, as I understand what God is doing all around and all through his church and through the house, his churches and through the house of God and his people, I'm reminded more and more how important it is for our hearts to be aligned with our hands. Now, Get this, and I want to talk about today our hearts and our hands, those two things. And I'm going, to, I'm going to explain what those two things are. I'm not just talking about the physical heart and our physical hand. I'm talking about our heart is the vision and the dreams and the things that are out in front of us that are, that are big picture, that are our purposes, that, that the things that are our heart level that uh, God calls us to. And then I want to talk about our hands. Those are the things that, that's what we do and the actions and the, the things that we follow through with and our giftings and our talents. And, and that's really what we're stewarding as we're in the kingdom of God and as we're a church pursuing all that he has, uh, our hearts and our hands should be aligned. We should be working to bring them closer and closer together. I just thought about that even uh, as I just put my hand over my heart that I remember when I was in elementary school that I had to uh, pledge allegiance to the flag and you bring your your hand over your heart. And what a symbol that is. But I, I think it's even better when we bring those things together for the purposes of God and for the kingdom of God. You see, God calls us to make a difference. He has a purpose for us. And we're going to talk about that today. Second Timothy is, a, is really a theme scripture today that I want to hit on. And then we're going to go to Acts chapter 9. This is what Second Timothy says. It says, God, who saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Here's what that's saying. It's saying you have a purpose, that God has written on your heart a vision, a dream, a plan, and a purpose. And you know what? It's unique. It's not like the same plan that someone next to you has, because you know what? You're a unique, that God knows every hair on your head. He knows the difference between every gift and talent that he's given you and then someone else. And those gifts and talents are unique. But God here, we see in 2 Timothy, the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and he's saying, listen, God has, has a holy calling. He has a high calling for you. And I think we got to grab hold of that today and realize, listen, uh, we have to align our hearts and our hands so that we can live up 
to that calling. Listen, I know, you know that there's power when your heart and your hands come in unity and come together. You know why? Because I know that when you see that bowl of M&Ms and your heart is like, yes, Lord, please, and your hand reaches out and you grab one and you throw it in and then you grab another 10 and you throw it in and you're like, not cool, Pastor Don, we're on a fast, 21 days of prayer and fasting, like, come on, like, not cool, not cool. Uh, but the reality is you know that, like, good things come when your, ha- your heart and your hand work together. You, you know that there's things that in our natural life that you've done, that you've seen that work together, and, and good things happen. And even better things happen in the kingdom of God when our hearts and our hands are aligned together, when we're working, and when we're following what God has in, in the plan. But I think the, what happens is that we tend to say, God, I know the things that you have on my heart. Like, you've spoken to them. You've spoken them to me. You've told them to me. You, you maybe have moments of inspiration where I want to go after this, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. And you have those things. But I think if you're anything like me, there's times when you, uh, you, you know those things that are, God has put in your heart. But the trouble comes when it comes to your hands and comes to moving and keeping your hands in alignment to what your heart and what God has put in your heart. Because I think the reality is sometimes we minimize, we minimize the abilities and the things and the reasons and the purposes when it gets to our hands. We just don't think that, hey, uh, it's not that much or I don't have... Uh, the right gifts or the ta- or talents. I like I'm not good enough or I'm not there yet. And let me tell you, none of us are there yet. None of us are are have arrived and perfect. And God is not a God that's saying, "Listen, hey, get your life cleaned up, get it figured out, and then come to me and start living for my purposes." God's like, "Listen, bring the junk, bring the messed up, bring the hurting, bring the things that you're struggling with." And He says, "Like, just give it to me and be willing and and open your hands." And say, here I am, and he's like, I'll put you to work for my purposes. I love that. I love that we have that truth that we can stand on in the gospel, and that God puts things on our hearts, and he, and he puts our hands to work, and it's the calling that he has for us. That verse in 2 Timothy there is talking about, listen, he's given us that purpose, and I think sometimes we get, we get a little upside down with that. Because we think about things in terms of just, it's our purpose, and I'm pursuing my, my thing. But the reality is, that's not what God's talking about. He's saying, listen, I have written a purpose for you. And it's, it's for you to pursue. It's for you to understand. It's for you to develop. But he's saying, listen, I'm the author of it. I've already put it down, and I, I, I have the purpose written for your life. It's not just like we have to sit back and dream up a few things and think up a th- uh, uh, some really good uh, things and goals in our life. And I think, uh, listen, I'm a goal-oriented person. I do that. I, I operate my daily life around goals. And, and I, I love this time of year because it's like it feels like a fresh slate and you can write some new goals down. You can put some things out there to say, come on, like, I want to do this and I want to eat healthier or do better and, like, clean the house more. I don't know what your goals are, but those are maybe some of my goals. Okay. Uh, but listen, it's not that we're just putting those things down and, and those are the things that God is saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release you in those things. God's saying, listen, I have a higher calling. I have things that are going to build the kingdom of God and I have a purpose and I'm going to use you to build the kingdom of God. And I think 
A lot of times we can say, well, whoa, 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 Don, that's not me, though. Uh, that's someone else. That's someone that's more seasoned, like they're, they're, they've been around church, or they, they've had faith longer than me, or you know what, that's something for the pastor. That's something for the worship team. You know, but the reality is, the truth is right here, that God has a purpose for every single one of us. And a community and a church and a house of God like this it works the best when all of us understand that our purpose is to, is to build each other up, is to encourage one another, to speak into one another's life, to challenge one another, to encourage each other along the way. And I love that. I love that I got friends on this journey with me. And you guys are all my friends today. You didn't even know it, but you're my friend. And you got to be cheering me on because I need it. And I just need the encouragement each and every day. And you need it too. You need it too. And that's what the house of God is all about. That's what his church is all about. Now, if we, if we look at this and we understand the purpose that God has for our life, we may maybe not feel like we're, we've arrived there. And I want to look today at a story in the book of Acts. And Acts chapter 9 is where we're going to go. And if you can follow along with me in the Bible app or, or turn open your paper Bible and just follow along because we're going to read a story of the Apostle Paul's conversion. Now, Paul was actually known as Saul. And Paul wrote that 2 Timothy scripture. He wrote that to uh, Timothy, uh, but in Acts chapter 9, we see Paul, before he had, God had really gotten a hold of his life, he was persecuting Christians. He was throwing them in jail. He was upset of people that were preaching the good news of Jesus. We see in Acts chapter 9 that God gets a hold of Paul, and actually his name was called Saul before this moment, but God gave him a new name, and here's what it says in Acts chapter 9. It says, now, there was, a, let me set this up a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. The, that's, how it, that's what happens when you drink five-hour energies. Come on. So listen. <laughs> See, this section's a little rowdy today. We're going to quiet them down a little bit. But listen, here's what, here's what is happening in Acts chapter 9. The apostle Paul and Saul, who is a persecutor of Christians, is on the road to Damascus, and he's probably on the road to go find more people that are spreading the good news of Jesus because he wants to shut it down and lock it down and stamp it out and knock it out. But the reality is in that moment, God gets a hold of him, and he shines a light and blinds Paul on the road to Damascus, and he calls out to him audibly with his voice. And I can't think of anything more that would get my attention than being blinded by a light and hearing the voice of God. And, and Paul is, God says to Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul really has a God moment right there. And we see in chapter 9 that he continues to, he's blinded by that light. And it's, that blinding lasts. And he has to continue on. And he gets to the city of Damascus. And he's there and he's waiting and it's multiple days and he's been blinded by this light. And I got to think he was probably in despair. He was probably in a moment where he was like, I don't know what God is doing here. I, I, I know God spoke to me, but I know there's probably all of us have been in places like that where we're in this middle, this middle ground where we're like, I know the things that God put on my heart. I know the things that God spoke to me, but I'm having trouble with my hands. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't see him working in this moment. Moment. What we see here in Acts chapter 9 is that God sends someone else with a purpose and a calling and, and, and he responds to go and meet 
Paul right where he's at. So Saul, Paul, same person, okay? I'm going to read this scripture, so just don't get confused. God actually changes his name to Paul just so he can out with the old and in with the new, okay? So this is what it says. It says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street. Now, you guys know if you've been around a high mark a little bit, you get random thoughts about the Bible. I kind of wonder if there was two streets in Damascus. One was Straight Street and one was Curved Street. <laughs> he says, go to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man uh, from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. And I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so he can see again. But the Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to suffer for my name's sake. And so Ananias went and he found Saul and he laid his hands on him and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell off from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. And then he got up, and he was baptized. And after he ate some food, and he regained his strength, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Wow, what a powerful, miraculous moment. I love reading that, and it's such a cool picture about how God works in his house and in his church. It's such a cool picture that we're reminded that first that God can use you. That is the thing I want you to grab hold of today. God can use you just like he used Ananias. Ananias is a, is a hero in this story right here. To me, he's someone that like responded. And we're going to focus in and talk about him. And I'm reminded here that God can use us no matter where we're at, no matter where we've been. He's like... He's calling, and he has a calling for us, just like he called to Ananias. I love Ananias' response in verse 13. God, God says, listen, go to this house on Straight Street. You're going to find Saul. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold up a minute. So again, this is the, the Don version. He says, but Lord, and he says, I've heard many people talk about this. And I was just impressed as I was studying this week and, and praying about this scripture right here that I think a lot of times we're scared to be used by God because we're listening to the other voices around us. We have too many other voices speaking to us who we are and what we're called to do and what we're, we're able to do, and we're not listening as closely to the voice of God, and he's saying, listen, go and do this. And Ananias has a moment here where he's just like, but God, hold on, I've heard all the things that, that Saul has done. And I'm reminded, listen, our best uh, the best thing we can do in our life is listen and be listening to the voice of God. That's what being in God's word is all about and reading scripture because God has written already a message to all of us. He's written on our hearts the things that he wants to do. He's written in his word uh, his plan for all of us and for mankind and his promises. And we can grab hold of those things. And I'm reminded, listen, I need to listen to God at times. And not listen to the other people, but I need to focus in and say, 
say, hey, God, I know that you gave me this. I know you spoke this. You've laid this on my heart. Help me do that. And I, I can't help but think sometimes that we think that we're the master and we have it all figured out at times too. You know, this, this, uh, recently I had to take my car into the mechanic and I thought it was just going to be a little thing. So I dropped it off and it was like supposed to be a one-day job and turned into a four-day job. And I thought it was just going to be a little bit of money, turned into be a whole lot of money. My mechanic had a great Christmas, okay? So, uh, but listen, I was, the reason that it turned into a longer job was because the bolts were rusted. And he was, I, I picked up the car, the, I remember my mechanic telling me, listen, I had to do this and I had to do that. And we had trouble with this. That's why it took longer. And I had to get this tool. And this is like Charlie Brown's teacher speaking to me. Wah, 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 wah. I don't understand all of that. But I just trusted that in that moment. And what I could decipher is that he had the right tool and he had the right know-how. And I think a lot of times in our walk, in our journey with God, when we think about God using us, we think at times that uh, we have to be the people that are, have the right know-how, that we're the mechanic, like we know how to fix it. And that's not what God's saying. He's like, I need you to be the right tool because he's the master mechanic. He's got the plan. He knows how it works. And I love that, that we can focus in on what God is going to do in us, that we can just uh, open our hands and say, I just want to be willing to be used by you. And that's how we bring our hearts and our hands into alignment. Is we just say, God, I'm listening. I'm here. The second thing we got to do is God, and we got to realize is that God calls us out of comfort. There's a moment that happens right here in Acts chapter 9. And that moment says that God calls us out of comfort. He calls us out of comfort because he has a plan and a purpose and he wants to work through us. And I think about all of this, that God's done a miracle, but there was a moment that Ananias had to get out of the house. Like he had to leave the house. And I'm sure he was like, he argued with God. He needed a little reassurance. But I think right here that there was a moment that God's calling him out of comfort and God's calling him out of that house and he had to like make the step. And I, I can imagine if I was Ananias that I'm kind of going over to the house and I'm knocking on it and I'm still really nervous and like, God, you better got this. You better have this like figured out for me. But the reality is that God calls us out of comfort. I, I think that's something that we have to remember. We, have to remember. We, have to, we can't lose sight of. Now, in our house, the reason the couch is here is because in our house, we have a comfort queen. It's my daughter, Lexi. She's 13, and she knows how to get comfortable. She, like, is all about the comfort. And I think that what happens in life, and let me just set this up, I think what happens in life is that we think that uh, following Jesus is all about our comfort. And my daughter, she's 13, she'll find the spot on the couch, she'll bring all the pillows, but what, what kind of takes it over the top is she always has 
blankets, okay? And she will find her spot on the couch, and these are literally, like, this is no exaggeration. These are her blankets. She doesn't even know I stole these out of her room this morning. But she will, you will find her on the couch, and she's finding blanket after blanket, and she's setting up. And I think what happens in our, in our faith journey and with Jesus, we think, listen, I'm a Christian, and I'm just trying to find the comfort place that God has for me. You gotta can't forget this one right here, because this is a pretty one, right? Okay. So, and I didn't color coordinate with the couch, but I think it's getting hot up here now. So I think what the reality is, is that we think that sometimes our job is just, hey, how can I find the comfort zone? How can I find the place where God is going to use me and I'm going to be comfortable with it? But what we see in this scripture is that when you're on the edge and your heart and your hands are aligned, and what's happening with Ananias is he had to get out of the comfort. And Lexi, you'll find her at our house. She'll come home from school and I feel like she as a gift. She finds that comfortable spot. She, she uh, lays out on the couch. She's got multiple blankets. We have a dog. She'll probably find the dog and she'll snuggle in and she'll find, she'll find the comfort. But you know what? I feel like what happens there is, is we, if we live our faith like that and we're just looking for that comfort, the reality is we're going to find ourselves uh, just becoming couch potato Christians. We're looking for the comfort and we're looking for the easiest path, but the reality is like God's saying, listen, go for it. I need you to get out of your comfort zone that when you're in the edge of faith, you're actually going to be a little bit scared. You're going to be a little bit hesitant. You're going to kind of go to the door a little bit like, God, I need your help in this. You're going to reach out to a coworker. You're going to say something encouraging to them and you're going to be a little bit worried about what, what the response is going to be. You're going you're gonna, to uh, do something that God's calling you in a dream that he's put in your heart. And as you put your hands to it, you're going to be on the leading edge of saying, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be because that's what faith looks like. And Ananias, he had to get out of the house. He had to get off the couch, so to speak. He had to do away with comfort. And sometimes God is calling us to do that exactly. He wants you to get out of that comfort zone. Don't lose sight of that. You got to trust him. I love that. I love the picture of this because I think that's when we're on that leading edge of faith that we actually then are in a place that God has, uh, it, it can use us. And I love that because that's the place where we see the gospel come to life. We see that the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could have life and life more abundantly so that our sins could be forgiven. And in God's eyes, we could be put in right relationship and that God says, then I'm going to use you and I have plans to prosper you and do great and mighty things through you. And that's what we see uh, is, is happening here is that Ananias is just being obedient. He's just a follower of Jesus. And he's just said, okay, I'm going to follow that prompting and that leading. I heard you guys. God, I hear what you're saying, and I'm going to follow that prompting and go after all that you have. I think that's the place that we have to realize, too. Not only does God, when he calls us out of our comfort zone, that God positions us in his power. That's the place. Realize this, that God has a purpose on you, on your life. When your heart and your hands are aligned to that purpose, then he has that's a place that intersects the power of God. Now, when you step out, you get out of your comfort zone, you throw off the blankets, you say, I'm going a little extra further, I'm going to work a little bit harder, I'm going to open up a little bit more to God, I'm going to step out in faith. That's the place where God positions us in his power. 
And that's what we see, that's miraculous moment between Ananias and Saul and Paul. We see that when Ananias comes there and he, and he follows through, he lays hands on the apostle Paul, who would, Saul, who would become the apostle Paul. In verse 18, it says that miraculously, the scales fell off of his eyes and he could see again. Like he was, what a miraculous moment. I, I got to think, if I'm Ananias in that moment, I'm going, oh man. I didn't know it was really going to happen, but it just did. Like, like, how cool is that? How cool is that God just did that in that moment? And it, and it wasn't about Ananias. It wasn't about Paul. It was about God's power working in both of their lives. And God intersected them in that moment. And that's what the church is like. That's what the body of Christ and Highmark Church is all about, is that this is a community of people. We're intersecting, and our hearts are, are intersected in this house and in this season season for a purpose. And we see God's power working through us. So it's not just the people on stage or myself. No, it's not. It's about Jesus. We've always made that clear that Jesus is at the center of everything. That's our, that's our focus and our purpose. But I want you to know that it's him that, throughs, that runs through us, that his power and his anointing uh, we can operate in that. And that's not for me or, or people on stage or, or select leaders in the church. That is for his church, every person that follows him. We see that Ananias, he was just a devoted follower. He's just spending time listening to God. And here, his power runs through him. And this is the bottom line. I want you to remember this today if you don't remember anything else. I want you to remember this. Miraculous moments follow when my heart and my hands are set on God's purposes. So bring those things into alignment in your life. You have to be checking all the time. God, are my heart and my hands, are they set on the things that you have? You know why? Because we can set our hearts and our hands on a lot of other things in this world. But the reality is God's like, listen, I got miraculous things I want to do in your life. I things I want to I want you to to happen in your life, and I I can do miracles in you in and through you, when you're just open and willing and saying, God, here's my hands. Don't discount what God has put in your hands. Don't discount the talents and the gifts and the personality and who He's called you to be. I don't care if you're introverted, extroverted, type seven, type twelve on the Enneagram. Type 34, I don't know, like they're all of them, Myers-Briggs. I, I don't care if you're INSTJ, QRXP, I don't know. Like God has designed you unique, but the reality is that his power can flow through you. And all we have to do is be willing and make sure our hearts and our hands are aligned. So let me give you three questions, real practical today. I want to end with this. Three questions that we can ask ourselves to say, are, are, is my heart and my hands, are they aligned to you? I think these are three questions I got to ask myself on a daily basis. I think they're three questions that I got to ask myself on an ongoing basis and say, God, am I in the right spot? So the first one's this, am I positioned to hear God? Am I positioned to hear him? I think that's the first thing right there that we have to hear. Am I positioned to hear God and put ourselves in that place where we are hearing him? That's in God's word, it's in community, it's we're in a place where we are listening and tuned in to the voice of God. I know there's a lot of other things we can listen to, and not, they're not all bad, but I'm just saying let's give a priority to the voice of God. So that when God calls us, we might be like, but God, I heard this, and then 
we see that God came right back to Ananias and he said, but listen, I got a plan. I, I, I want to send you there. I want to send you into that house. So ask yourself, am I positioned? Second thing is this. Am I willing to step out and step up to God's calling? Now that's the reality. You got to sometimes step out into God's calling. You got to step out in faith. But sometimes you've got to step up. Like there's, a, there's an elevation that needs to happen in your life. Like you can't be living for the things down here when God's saying, I've got a high calling and i got purposes and a holy calling for your life. So you're like, what do I need to raise the bar in my life and, and not, not compromise on, but I need to set a new standard in my life that I'm going to start living up to so that I'm willing. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to sacrifice some things in order to see God work in my life. And the third thing is this, is am I ready for God's power just to flow through me? I think there's an expectation there. I think there's an expectation of like, God, I'm ready for your power. I want to see that. God wants our hearts to be anxious for his hand to move. God wants us as a church to be anxious for the miraculous to happen. God wants us to be anxious and excited and anticipating the things that he can do in our midst. And I love that. He doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to get out of that comfort zone. He calls us to follow him. And I love that. And this church is a house of God. And I think whenever our hearts are willing and we're open, that we're going to see this type of story and acts unfold in our church. I think that we'll have small groups where people will pray for one another and God is going to bring freedom in their small, from things in their small group. Maybe it's hurts in their past. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's things that they're just struggling with that they're holding on to. Maybe it's, there are things they're saying, I'm living at this standard here and I need to elevate up here. And I believe that as a church, when we are the house of God, as we're together, our hearts are aligned, that we'll see God do the miraculous and we'll see God break chains and, and do miraculous things in our midst. We'll do life group gatherings where we see God at work just through the community and relationships and words of encouragement and prayer and, and uh, pats on the back and saying, man, go for it, or I'm in the same battle that you are. Let's, let's do this together. And I love that. I love that that's how God has designed his house. I believe, too, we'll have moments, and every week we always end our service making our prayer teams available, and they'll be available at the end of our service We pray as a church, as a team, we pray every week for the needs that are written on the back of our connect cards and turned in. We pray for you. We pray for families in our church on a regular basis. And I believe, and as I believe as a church, that we are going to be, we'll see God do miraculous things even uh, through our fervent and, and dedicated prayer time with him. And I think that when our, I believe that one day we're going to just have prayer teams that we see God do miraculous things. Maybe marriage is restored or healings in our bodies. I'm believing those things. That Highmark Church isn't, we're not, we're not happy with the status quo, but we're anticipating and we're excited from the miraculous things and the moments that God's going to work. Now, they're not all like that, but you know what? God gives them like he does in, in Acts. He gives them to us. And I love that. I love that that's the calling that God has us. And the scripture I was reminded of this morning 
Psalms 73, it just says this. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and he's my portion forever. I think that just puts it all on him and not me. That puts it all on God and says, listen, I might get this wrong, my connection between my heart and my hands, I might get that wrong, but you know what? I just put it on him because God is my strength. And that's the greatest thing that you can do today. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.